Today is July 11th, 2016. I'm Daniel. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Faithful Friend Podcast. So we had a planned program for you today. Uh, it was going to be a part two of last week's program um, called To Become One, in which we were talking about some of the things that we've learned as a couple, um, some of the things that we've been through, and and you know we wanted to give you kind of a glimpse into our lives and and give you some tools that we thought would be helpful when it comes to uh, marital relationships. Um, but we thought it would be appropriate to take um, a break from that because there's so much going on right now in our nation in current events um, that are really not current events as much as they are recurring events. And um, we can't simply ignore them. Uh, the past few weeks, uh, if you've been on social media or turned on the news at all, you've seen a lot in regards to um, the deaths of young black men, the deaths of police officers. Um, you may have even seen articles of um, young men and women who, who weren't black being killed by police officers. Um, it seems like whenever there's a big story in the media. There's a lot of little stories that follow it for varying reasons. And uh, there's a lot of people right now experiencing a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And, and anger. And anger, yeah. And as you know, um, Stephanie and I live in Oakland, California. And we only live maybe a mile and a half from the bar station where Oscar Grant was murdered. And um, this community was hit pretty hard by it. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with uh, the movie called Fruitvale Station. And uh, there was a number of times in which we had to be concerned in our own community yeah. about how people were going to react. And so in a lot of ways, we've had a front row seat to a lot of the positive, a lot of the negative a lot of the emotions that come out of a situation like this. Yeah, a lot of things that are scary too, um, because a lot of people will use these opportunities to do some very foolish things. And so I, I know that during the time that I think I was pregnant with Nathaniel, it was pretty scary um, because there was a lot of times where they would shut down the freeway because of protests and things. And so it was like, how are we going to get to the hospital? <laughs> you know, if I need to get to the hospital right away. So um, it's very serious. <laughs> it's very serious stuff, especially if you live in an area where these things are not common. It's very serious stuff. Yeah. I'm normally someone who's very vocal when it comes to um, real issues. Uh, on a social media platform. Um, Stephanie tends to use more discretion and wisdom than I do in her decisions on when to speak and when not to speak. But there are a lot of, uh, a lot of times that she finds herself wanting to speak on, on certain topics, especially when it comes to um, birthing and, and 
you know, the culture of caring for women and children in which um, she really has to consider how valuable it is for her to speak or not to speak in a particular right. situation. And that's something that I've really been dealing with the past couple of weeks. Um, I've been largely silent on social media um, in regards to the deaths that have been happening. And the reason I've been largely silent is because I've felt that in prayer, God was encouraging me to know that words that come from Him are the words that have value. And as you can probably tell, I'm trying to be very intentional about how I say this. A lot of times, silence can be seen as a weakness or as support for the opposition. Um, but I just didn't want to go out there running my mouth. Um, a lot of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook are personal friends. Um, the vast majority of them. And my friend group is extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. And I had to be careful what I say because anything that I could say can make friends or enemies. Um, especially with those that I don't have very close relationship with. And I wanted to make sure that the words that I had to offer were words of life. And I wanted to make sure that even if I knew the words of life that it was actually me that was supposed to say them if I was going to say them and if it wasn't me that I would refrain because these are very fragile times for a lot of people and so um, there's five points five things that that I've gotten in my time of prayer and as Stephanie and I have been have been discussing and pondering and and just praying that God would give us clarity regarding. And five things that that we feel, okay, let's speak on this and let's encourage our audience with these five things as it relates to what's going on. Uh, what we're not going to do is enter a feudal debate. Um, a lot of the debate that's going on out there while it is dealing with very real issues isn't accomplishing anything productive. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to transition from the place of being problem-oriented to being solution-oriented. And if all we're doing is arguing and arguing about the problems and what's the real problem, we can prohibit ourselves from moving forward to the solution. And you might say, well, Danny, you know, you have to know the problem in order to solve it. Okay, well, the real problem is a spiritual problem. But we want to simplify it. And we want to generalize it. And we want to make it a left or right problem. You know, you're in camp A or you're in camp B. You're either for me or against me. You're Black Lives Matter or you're All Lives Matter. 
and it loses so much purpose when it gets to that point that it may as well be an argument about whether or not you're on Team Edward or Team Jacob. You know, I've seen people on Facebook arguing, you know, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And I understand both perspectives very well. And I can look at these individuals and I can say to myself, wow, they actually have the same heart for healing and restoration. But they're so caught up in which slogan to use. Mm -hmm. Me versus you. And they can't even comprehend how the other person intends that slogan to be heard and understood. That they're never going to enter into the solution-oriented dialogue. Because they're building walls and burning bridges. Over a slogan that meant something at one point, maybe. And it's sad to me. So there's five things, five reflections that, that we want to give you. And sorry if I'm dominating this conversation. Um, but it's been something that's been deep on my heart. And I have an amazingly supportive wife. Uh, she'll tell you that just last week, I, uh, I got caught up in a pretty deep state of depression over this. And I had to really pray my way out of it. Um, so, number one, allow people their process. Everyone deals with things differently. Right. You know, some people are silent, some people contemplate, some people are loud, some people process out loud, some people process mm -hmm. on paper. I'd venture to say that most people don't process how they should process. True. <laughs> I think I'd agree with that too. You know, perhaps the best place for all of us to process would be in our prayer closets, in conversation with our loved ones. Um, but if we need anything in this time, we need to be able to show people grace. We need to be able to recognize that everyone is coming to grips and actualizing themselves with the current situations and how that relates to them, if that relates to them, what their responsibility is, what their perspective is. And so everybody has their own, their own method. And it is an extremely easy time to burn bridges. And it is an extremely easy time to build walls. And what someone posts on Facebook now may or may not reflect where they are in a week, a few days, even sometimes a matter of hours. Right. And I'm sure that there's been a lot of people posting things and deleting them shortly after when they, you know, when they have a thought and they put a thought um, down on whatever forum. And then they read the thought and they realize that's not how I want to think at all. And so if we just react, if all we're doing is reacting to each other's processes without giving them the grace 
and um, the allowance to work through whatever they're working through, then we're potentially destroying relationships over something very fickle. Right. So, that's the first point. Allow people their processes. Steph, did you want to say anything about that? Um, I would say, and this kind of jumps into the next point, but I would say allow yourself to process too. Hmm. Instead of, and how you're saying like, you're probably a lot more vocal on social media for me i don't put anything on social media because i don't really know where i stand a lot of times and i do have mixed emotions about stuff a lot of times and so um if i do process something i'll probably go over things with you or i'll talk to a good friend on the phone or something but i don't um i don't put anything on social media until i'm absolutely sure this is what Stephanie stands on on that and I'm ready to back it up and defend it and there's plenty of times where I've put things on social media that I will stand by 100% and I will have dear friends get very angry with me about where I stand but I've put enough thought and prayer into it to say this is who I am and I'm not compromising on that um, and so that I think that allowing yourself to process something um, and and although it may change, but becoming um, firm in what you believe in where you stand is really important before you go to social media, which I think is a good start for the next point. Sure. Yeah, the next point, number two, uh, Facebook is limited. Um, I, know, I know people are on a variety of social networks um, we really only do Facebook and Instagram but I think Facebook is probably the um, the most prominent in terms of discussions on news articles and videos and and things like that um, Instagram is you know even more limited or not Instagram I'm sorry Twitter is even more limited because you're limited with characters and so I'm sure people get misinterpreted um, misunderstood on Twitter constantly but I'm not very active on Twitter but Facebook I know is limited and here's what I've noticed about Facebook um, people can expend so much emotional energy um, trying to convert people mm -hmm. over to their opinion that will never never be converted for the simple reason that they're a complete stranger you know, somebody posts a video, somebody posts a status, and they have, you know, multiple friends um, that don't know each other. And the next thing you know, these friends from opposite sides of a viewpoint are arguing with each other. And there's never going to be an instance in which someone is converted. Right. Um... simply because the form is such that there's no relational authority mm -hmm. in that instance there's no relational value if you're talking with someone that you know dearly on facebook that may be different right. but but facebook is limited in that not only not only 
is there is there extremely little chance of uh, you know people adhering to each other's perspectives and coming to a point of understanding. But if I post something that has any controversial nature to it on Facebook, I'm only attracting two types of people. I'm attracting the type of person that agrees wholeheartedly with me, mm -hmm. and I'm attracting the person that disagrees with me wholeheartedly. And so I'm only really bringing in those two types of people into a conversation. A moderate or someone that has a completely outside perspective generally won't even comment. You know, that's why Stephanie doesn't get involved in a lot of the conversations. And so all you're bringing is the extreme left and the extreme right into a conversation. And there isn't a balanced or even a third party, so to speak, perspective to kind of draw them together oftentimes and you know what from my perspective on it i think that doing that on facebook you're inviting people to process through your post right instead of finding their own time to process it on their own right they're they're going straight to oh you're you don't believe in what i believe in well while i'm in the middle of processing my anger i'm going to spew these thoughts that i haven't even worked through on my own right onto your page and to your friends who i've never met mm -hmm. and um i think what what was kind of happening with us during you know this week was people who we didn't even know who had no emotional investment to our family to our way of life or anything was actually moving him emotionally was moving daniel emotionally and it was like what like we don't even know those people why do we care what they think but but that's what happens when you're pro when you're not quite done processing and they're not done processing and then you just kind of spew these things out on each other um the other thing that we have to remember with Facebook it's like you may friend someone from an event that you went to one time you know or like um a while back I put this this post on Facebook that um triggered a pretty crazy response from um a few of my Facebook friends and what I said I I I put hashtags that bothered some people and I would definitely not go back on what I said. I agree with what I said wholeheartedly. My issue was the people who were super offended by what I said were not people who interact with me on my day-to-day -day life, who know me, who know my children, who know my testimony. Like, they don't know me well. So they looked at my hashtags and they came to this conclusion about why I said it, but it was like, if you know, if you know me, you know that I would never say something to belittle a people group or to hurt someone. And so they were like, well, you can't just put those things on Facebook because they could be taken the wrong way. It's like, no, I could put whatever I want on Facebook. It's my page. <laughs> yeah. um, but you have to choose the type of person that you want to believe that person is. And so if you see a complete stranger who writes something on Facebook a certain way, you're choosing to deal with them as what you see on Facebook and mm -hmm. not the type of person that they may actually be. Right. And that that's a good point, I think, about responsibility. You know, there's... When you post something on Facebook, 
You're responsible for the way that you post it. Mm -hmm. But what you're not responsible for is the way people react to it. They're going to react to it okay. however they're going to react to it, and you can't control that. Mm -hmm. But the same goes the other way. You are not responsible for how someone posts to Facebook. Right. You cannot demand that someone should post anything in a certain way. Right. That is their page. Right. It is not your responsibility to police them. Just like it is not their responsibility to police your response right. or your reaction or your page. And it's really easy. If you don't like the way they say things, you scroll down. Just keep scrolling. If you really don't like it, block them. If you really, really don't like it, unfriend them. Whatever. Um, I had to actually, I had to stop following a certain friend who I consider a close friend, um, someone that I care about deeply um, this last week, not because of him, but because of the people that frequent his posts. Okay. And that's my responsibility. That's what I can do. I cannot go and demand that they act differently or that he censors them or right. whatever the case may be. I control me. Mm -hmm. And I'm really the only one in this thread who cares about my emotional state. Right. So I have to protect myself. Right. And I have to look out for, look out for myself because no one else is going to. You know? Right. And that's the way you have to look at it. No one else is responsible for my emotional state but me. Right. And when all is said and done, none of those people are going to send you a private message and say, I really hope what I said didn't offend you. You know, I really hope you're able to do all of your jobs and all the things you're responsible for outside of Facebook well, even though you've had this heart-changing conversation like no one's thinking about that and so that's why it's really important to say i'm responsible for what i put on facebook i'm responsible for how i receive what i will receive what i read on facebook right. and it's just facebook <laughs> like for me i understand that it's a great place to share ideas and everything but i just miss the days of facebook where it was silly quizzes and where you throw a sheep at your friends I, I miss those things facebook is supposed to be fun yeah um but something that i did notice after being in that kind of beat up state is i i came you know back to my family so to speak from having this conversation and i was emotionally beat up and it's ridiculous when you consider because what I'm doing in that situation is I'm allowing myself to be more emotionally submitted mm -hmm. to strangers mm -hmm. on a Facebook post than to the reality of my wife and my sons right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And that is wrong. Yeah. So that's our third, our third uh, tip, I guess you would call them. Mm -hmm. um, take the opportunity to engage in real relationships. Uh, a lot of us do need to process out loud. Mm -hmm. we're, uh, we believe that we are people that were created for community. Right. And community is intrinsic to our nature. And it's necessary. And this shouldn't... Sorry, that's Nathaniel back there. He's, he's cooking on his play kitchen. This shouldn't be the type of situation that we're experiencing now as a nation in which we expect people to deal with it on their own 
as individuals. Um, there may be some people out there that can do that. I don't think that's most of us. Um, I think any of us who who are really involved in in keeping up with what's going on or you know feel a connection to one side or the other um, you know really any any black American any uh, any police officer anyone who feels that in any way they are responsible for um, wronging the rights in this nation we need each other we need community but we need real community we need real relationships and so this is an opportunity this whole situation can be seen as an opportunity to come together with your family with your friends with people that you trust that you can speak to safe places where you know i can speak i can process there's safety there there's grace there I can speak what I'm feeling and know that if I need to be corrected, I will be corrected in love. Or if I need to be affirmed, I will be affirmed and encouraged in love. Um, far more valuable than Facebook. Far more valuable than social media. The other thing I wanted to say was, be a safe place. Hmm. Um... It's so easy to pick a side and say, this is my side and not be a person who listens. Um, it's really important to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Yeah. And, and <laughs> especially in like, I'm just thinking so much about the situation this week and how you were feeling after that conversation online. It's like be a safe place, but also be quick to give wisdom huh. to not to just judge and not to just it's so easy for wives to just want to say something crazy to their husbands like you're being crazy, you know, but it was important to me to quickly speak love over that situation huh. to remind my husband, you are a son of God. You are a husband that is loved. You are a father that is needed. And you are not going to find the validation and the respect and the love and the empowerment that you need on someone's Facebook wall. You're going right. to find it in your home. Mm -hmm. That this is your safe place. If you're feeling judged or hurt or not heard, come home. This is your safe place. And so it's just really important that um, not only are you finding a safe place to be able to speak your thoughts but you're also being a safe place so even if you are seeing something on facebook and you do see someone is enraged be that safe place to send a private message and say i hear you and i know that you're hurt i'm here to listen yeah yep number four uh don't forget the important things you know don't forget your family. Don't forget your, your kids. Don't forget um, the things that matter. You know, there will be a point in time in which you won't be giving these situations the emotional energy that you are today. 
or that you have over the past couple weeks. But there will be things at that point in time that still matter just as much as they do today. Yeah. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to miss out on things that really matter because we're so focused on what is right in front of us. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't put time on hold. Right. And I'm not saying that, that what's going on right now in the nation doesn't matter. I've said the opposite. It matters. It matters a lot. But there are things that matter more. Right. Right. And that should matter more. And right now, if nothing matters more to you, maybe you need to really consider your, your priorities mm -hmm. and the things that you value. Because right now, it matters so much more that my sons know that they are loved by their parents and that their father is pleased with them than it matters what someone thinks about my opinion about whether or not saying all lives matter is racist. You know? Um, there's always going to be things to argue about. Uh, there's always going to be, you know, the new, the new thing that the media is throwing in our face to care about more than anything else. Whether it be swine flu or Ebola or vaccines or Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, there's always something new, you know? Hillary Clinton's email scandals and Donald Trump's, you know, racism and gosh, I mean, you could, you could spend your whole life, all of the, the hours that you have in the day yeah. being consumed with pop culture, negative media, things that really have almost no bearing on your home totally miss unless you elevate it to that position yourself <laughs> yeah you know we can get so caught up in arguing Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton and never stop to think how much in my life when I take out all of the emotional energy I spent on politics how much in my life that has happened can I really attribute to who was in office, to who the president was. And some of that, you know, to some people that'll be more than others. You know, some of you may have served in the military and, and gone to war overseas. Um, and you might attribute that to what one of our presidents has done, whether it be Bush or Obama, um, Clinton, you know, whoever. Um, but most of us, that's not the case. And the biggest difference that I can really see in our lives since Obama has been president has been the fact that we are required to have health insurance now. <laughs> you know? And I'm not saying that's no big deal. And we have our opinions about that. <laughs> but I'm saying that there are things that matter infinitely more. And... We need to just keep our priorities straight. Right. Be concerned about the things that matter, yes. 
but don't forsake the things that matter more. I just really wanted to very quickly talk about what I was sharing with you about getting so caught up on the things that don't matter and then you're losing sight of what really does and how I was sharing with Daniel about like how as a parent we'll get so caught up in our own little world that we find that we're absent from our kids and we're absent from the things that really really matter the funny things that they say their silly stories and things like that and it's gonna come a place it's gonna come a time where when we were when we had the choice to be involved in those things we chose not to and our kids are going to get to an age where they can invite us to things and they won't they, they won't invite us into their stories or the things that matter to them the things that are interesting and important to them because we didn't show interest and we weren't invested in it when we could do it by choice and right. so it's really important that and that's why it's important to really know what your priorities are know who is a priority to you know don't overlook things that seem small and it seems like i can get back to it later because the, the clock is still ticking right yeah if you don't take the opportunities to walk through the open doors of your kids lives now don't expect them to send you the invite later in situations in which they would need to open that door for you mm -hmm. because you've already made that decision mm -hmm. and that may be harsh to some you know maybe there are parents with grown children who you missed out and you, you continue to miss out on a lot of your kids lives um, because you're not wanted anymore but there was a point in time in which they were the ones that weren't wanted and so all they're really doing is respecting your decision. Right. Well, yeah. And that should scare some of us with young kids. Yeah. Especially if we're not as involved in our children's lives as we should be. The final encouragement that we want to give to you today is to make sure that you're taking the opportunity to pray. There's one voice that matters more than all the rest. You know, there's one voice that brings healing and brings restoration that is far beyond any other voice. And if we're not speaking from that voice, if we're not hearing from that voice and knowing whether or not we should speak and what to speak, then we're doing a disservice. Um, not only to ourselves, but to those we're speaking to. Mm -hmm. I've found that what I have to say to God is far more valuable than what I have to say to other people. And what God has to say to me is infinitely more valuable than what I have to say to God. So however much importance we see in being a good listener over a good speaker, the same is exponentially true for our prayer life. Um, I said before, I've been pretty quiet um, these couple of weeks on everything that's been going on. And that's mainly because God has been telling me not to speak. 
And today the podcast, the content of the podcast is what I feel that he has given us to give to you. And if I had come out and, and speak prior to this, then I may have positioned myself against God's perspective. You know, when I speak out of the abundance of my emotions, my thoughts, my desires, um, without meeting with God first and conforming my will to His, I may speak prematurely. And when I end up receiving the revelation of what God's perspective is, I may find myself on the wrong side of the battlefield. Um, I just wanted to say this whole like discussion has just made me think of the scripture um, Psalms nineteen fourteen. it says let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord my rock and my redeemer and it's so important to me that whenever I speak and however I love and however I treat people that I be a representation of my God. I want it to be that when people see me, they actually see the cross that I hide behind. Um, and that they don't see me myself. My words are pointless. My words are useless. My words have no power. But only the words of God have power. And if I'm going to speak on a situation, especially... A situation like this where it really is a life and death situation. Only God knows how that works. And only God has has full understanding of that. Right. And he sees... I mean, like we only have our view right here. You know, our right in front of our eyes, right behind our back perspective. But, but God sees the whole thing. All of this is so much bigger than who we are. And and I know that there's some people out there. I'm I know that there's so many people out there who are going like, "God, where are you? What are you doing in this situation?" But he sees all, he knows all, he has control of all. None of this is going under his radar. All of the anger is being heard. All of the fear is known. And God is still standing before us. And he's using his men and women to represent him. And so I just pray that when I speak, I represent him well. That if I say something and it comes across like harsh or it may hurt, that, that God doesn't just... God doesn't just accept things. God doesn't just allow things and say, do what you want and it's okay. No, he has, he has a way to, the way that things are supposed to be done. And there's a way that things are not supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that when we speak and when we react to things, we're doing it God's way. Even if people don't understand it, we do our very best. We've got to. We've got to do our very best to do things God's way. Amen. Uh, I encourage you to consider the lyrics of our outro song today. It's called Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. 
and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>